Hello, and welcome to the Finance House podcast. My name is Polina, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's up, Polina? What's been happening this week? Hundreds of pounds a year will be cut from the take-home pay of graduates following the government decision to lower the repayment threshold for student loans in England, hitting middle earners most while benefiting those on higher pay. The Department for Education on Thursday announced it would reduce the salary threshold for paying back loans from £27,295 to £25,000 and increased the write-off period for student loans from 30 years to 40 years. The changes will affect students starting university next year. Michelle Donnellan, the Higher and Further Education Minister, said the changes were about bringing fairness into the system and to prevent outstanding student debt being paid by the taxpayer. But Paul Bloomfield, chair of the All-Party Parliamentary Group for Students, said the approach would make graduates pay the price with the lowest earners being hit the hardest. The government will also cut interest rates on student loans from their current above inflation level, allowing graduates to pay back no more than they borrow. The government has estimated that 54% of student loans will never be paid back, with the current value of unpaid debt at £161 billion. Risha Sunak, Chancellor, is keen to cut the cost of writing off unpaid loans and believes that the new reforms will be sustainable, according to his allies. Under the current system, only the highest earning graduates clear their loan and the real interest rate means that they remain in the system and continue to make repayments, ultimately paying more and subsidizing lower earners. Cutting the real interest rate will mean that these earners will pay less. In contrast, extending the period of repayment to 40 years would mean that low- and middle-income graduates would be repaying their debt for even more of their working lives. Martin Lewis, founder of Money Saving Expert, a financial advice platform, said reducing the threshold would leave the typical graduate repaying more than £200 a year, while the extended repayment period would increase repayments by thousands. The changes will not affect current students and graduates after the government confirmed last month that their repayment threshold would be frozen at £27,250. Now on to you, Luke. What have you got for us this week? Today I wanted to talk about cakes, and in particular, Kipling cakes. This is by far one of my most favourite lunchtime snack brands, from their pink and yellow Battenbergs to the Cherry Bakewell. The brand is looking to make an attempt to penetrate the US market by taking a select range of its products to the extremely competitive landscape. So the company that owns Mr. Kipling, Premier Foods, is the UK-listed Consumer Goods Group, and they're looking to launch packaged cake products in up to 300 stores across the US by the start of April. After a trial in Canada, it's been revealed that they'll be rolling out Mr. Kipling cake slices in caramel, lemon, chocolate, and vanilla flavors that will make their way over to the US. Director of Insight in Food and Drink at market research provider Mintel said that Americans have no idea what a Battenberg is and they may think it's something to do with a war. And also they have no idea what a Bakewell is because of a completely different terminology used by the Americans. The company has an extremely strong presence in the UK with a very wide product portfolio that ranges from ambrosia custard to bisto gravy powder. And it only penetrates slightly less than 10% of its overall sales overseas. 
However, I do worry that this could be one of the many cases of a UK consumer company attempting to break into the US and failing. David Wilson, who is responsible for taking the alternative meat product of corn to the US 20 years ago, helps British companies enter the difficult US market and advises his clients not to over-exaggerate the Britishness of their products, because playing up eccentric British recipes is limiting in terms of the market, he said. The group is limiting to a two-brand maximum international expansion, with Mr Kipling and Sherwood Sources. Both have already proved successful selling on Australia, New Zealand and Canada, so there is scope for international uptake for these British products. For example, in Australia, Mr Kipling has gained 14% of the branded cakes market, but it may not be so easy for the US. For example, the group is having to change its UK chocolate recipe for US consumers, who are more familiar with the Hershey's brand than the Cadbury's dairy milk. On top of this, the packaging will also change. Angel slices will be renamed to vanilla slices, as it will compete with incumbents such as Twinkies. Additionally, the British 8-pack will drop to a US 6-pack in the hopes of encouraging new consumers to try unfamiliar products. So why would I be looking to make this change? Well, the UK sector for cakes and sweet baits fell 1% in 2020, but sales in the same US category grew 6.3%. So there is a significant difference in consumer preference and it seems to be on the side of the Americans. But one thing I'm slightly concerned over is the distribution plan. They will initially make the cakes in the UK, freeze them, and then transport them to the US, whereby they'll be distributed across an array of US supermarkets from there. What is worrying is the cost of transporting these products. However, this is only a test, so should it prove successful, the company is likely to consider investing in manufacturing facilities. You're listening to the Finance Isles podcast, and up next, we have winners and losers of the week. Our biggest winner this week is CarGurus Incorporated, who are listed on the NASDAQ under the tag CARG. The company operates an online automotive market space, connecting buyers and sellers to new and used cars in the United States primarily, but also internationally. And today they're up around 43%. The shareholders will have a reason to be happy today, with the analysts making a substantial upgrade to the forecast for the year. The consensus estimated revenue numbers rose with a view much more bullish on the company's business success. Analysts that have been covering car gurus are now predicting revenues around $1.6 billion this year. So if this optimistic expectation is met, it would reflect a 64% improvement upon sales. And a lot of this upside in share price can be attributable to the prediction that losses will soon become profits as analysts are forecasting $0.95 per share earnings. But despite these upgrades, analysts have not made any major changes to their price target, which is around $44.62, which suggests that these improved estimates may not have such a long-time impact the market is already pricing in. So with the price at around $46.44 as of current, if car gurus fail to meet expectations, it's likely that we could see a large swing downwards in share price at the end of the year, or even if they're not on track with estimates at the release of Q1 earning reports. Shares of Foot Locker plunged 30% on Friday after the athletic apparel and footwear retailer warned of a sales decline in the coming year. 
Foot Locker sales rose 6.9% year-over-year to $2.3 billion in its fiscal 2021 fourth quarter, which ended on January 29th. The company's recent purchases of retailers WSS and Atmos contributed to the gains. Foot Locker's net income, however, declined by 16% to $103 million because of higher costs and restructuring charges. More worrisome was Footlocker's forecast for fiscal 2022. The company said that no single vendor would account for 60% of its sales in the coming year, down from 70% in 2021. Nike is Footlocker's largest supplier. The sports apparel titan is increasingly shifting towards a direct-to-customer model led by its popular websites and company-owned stores. In turn, Foot Locker expects its sales to fall by as much as 6% in 2022. Its stores are projected to endure the brunt of that decline, with comparable sales down as much as 10%. To offset the downturn in Nike-related sales, Foot Locker plans to increase its partnerships with other footwear and sportswear brands while also expanding its private labor merchandise. That's the news. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.